Welcome to Cigar Basics. My name is Sergio Rosario, better known as Conga Dad, and I am the host of Cigars Podcast. In this brand new journey, we want to grow, to educate, and continue to develop this beautiful community of tobacco lovers, aficionados, enthusiasts, and connoisseurs. Our goal is to open spaces for beautiful conversations about tobacco, to get to know each other and what passion drives us as human beings. Today, we are going to be talking about the different varieties of tobacco. While there are too many dark, air-cured tobacco varietals to discuss in detail, there are a handful of families that consumers and tobacconists should be familiar with. Let's talk about wrappers. Famous wrapper leaf varietal families include Broadleaf, Cameroon, Connecticut, Corojo, and Sumatra. While many others of these varietals are named after the place they were popularized, they can be grown in different countries and produce different results. For that reason, a Connecticut varietal grown in Ecuador is called an Ecuadorian Connecticut, and a Sumatran varietal grown in Ecuador is called an Ecuadorian Sumatra. It's very similar to the Cuban Corojo uh, that will produce a different result than the Nicaraguan Corojo. So I think they really deserve a different name. Filler. A few of the world's most popular feeder leaf varietal families are Criollo, Olor Dominicano, and Piloto Cubano. While these varietal families have many descendants, they are usually referred to by their family name. As we are learning, a Cuban Criollo will be different from an Honduras Criollo. Most of the initial differences will result from the specific microclimate, and this is very important. Over time, the seed strains and the plants grown in a particular cigar region will begin to take on a more distinctive characteristic. So they will become a variety of their own with their own microclimate. This is very, very important. Although all of this varietals or their forefathers originated in Cuba, they are given new names when they begin to distinguish themselves in a new region. In the absence of any international laws or standards, the cigar manufacturers, they don't have to follow any guidelines. So they can name the variety or the leaf that they use in the cigar uh, in their own way. Varietal versus varietal family. Understanding the tobacco at the individual varietal level is so complex that many cigar makers spend their lifetimes perfecting their knowledge and techniques. This level of nuance and knowledge can be too specific for consumers and tobacconists. Instead, what they do is they focus on giving names that they grow in certain regions. So the specific information, it's 
usually not known. Um, and what we get is a more generic approach because of the complexity of the topic. When we talk varietals, we have to mention two seed varietals that are in the founding uh, timeline of tobaccos and cigars, Corojo and Criollo. Remember, Corojo and Criollo have many, many, many uh, varieties and hybrids that have been created over the years, both inside and outside of Cuba. But these two legendary seed strains make excellent specimens for the tobacco uh, scientists or studies or um, engineers. Now, let's talk about Criollo. Criollo origins date back to the time when Columbus discovered the New World. Traditionally, it was used as a filler and a binder plant. Criollo is grown under direct sunlight to amplify the variety and intensity of taste plus aroma. For generations, the Criollo plant produced most of the filler leaves in a Havana cigar. Criollo produces six to seven pairs of leaves and is primed in pairs. Ligero. Leaves at the top of the plant are the strongest and fullest flavored due to the direct sunlight. Leaves toward the bottom of the plant are more subtle in flavor and strength. Seco y volado leaves are used for filler. En capote leaves are used for the binding. Outside of Cuba, Criollo varietals are classified from top to bottom as Corona, Ligero, Piso, Seco, and Volado. Now, let's talk about Corojo. Corojo was developed in the 1930s by Diego Rodriguez and is derived from the Criollo seed through selective breeding. Named after its birthplace, the farm Santa Ines del Corojo in the Vuelta Abajo region of Cuba. The premier wrapper for Cuban cigars until 1990s. So, Corojo was the premier wrapper, the wrapper that was mainly used in Cuban tobacco or cigars until the 90s. And it's primarily shade grown on the wrappers. It is susceptible to blue mold, black chank, and other ravaging tobacco diseases. Produces eight to nine pair of leaves and is primed in pairs. Very praised for its dark brown, colorado color, uniformity, and thin veins. Now that we've talked about cigar varietals or the seed varietals, we're going to talk a little bit about the processing and we're going to go over this really quick. First, we have air curing. Curing is the process of drying tobacco while halting and maturation process fixing the sugars in the leaf and releasing the chlorophyll. Air curing is the method used to cure 
dark tobacco leaves. And these leaves, of course, will be used for cigars. This is a clean and natural process that prepares the leaves for their next step, which is fermentation. While air curing leaves are tied in pairs and hung on los cujes and placed high up in a curing drying barn for approximately 50 days, these curing barns, casas de tabaco, usually face east to west for optimal air circulation. Traditionally, casas de tabaco are made of wood framing with walls and roof made of palm leaves. While these structures are still common, newer curing barns can be made with more model materials, such as wood sheets or metal. These structures usually have an array of doors and vents on all sides, and they help to manage the heights and manage the temperature and air circulation. Now let's talk fermentation. Fermentation is the organic process that accounts for the majority of change and distinction in cigar tobaccos. Fermentation is like a natural slow cooking process where the tobacco heats up under the pressure of its own weight and moisture. Carefully controlling the temperature cycles and tobacco humidity allows the tobacco to slowly expel or sweat out the ammonia and the impurities in the leaves. Meanwhile, the flavor, taste plus aroma, the qualities of the tobacco start to develop. Unlike alcohol fermentation, tobacco fermentation do not and does not produce any side effects. Instead, it purifies the leaf and allows the taste and aroma characteristics to express themselves. Due to the unpredictability of the raw material, there's no pure science or way to control fermentation. So the cigar makers experiment and many of them come up with their recipe for fermentation. During the first fermentation, the leaves are moistened and laid into one to three foot tall piles, and these are called pilones. When the temperature reaches about 95 degrees, the pilones are unraveled and redistributed. They are remixed. And this is done because the center of the pilon will always be hotter and the outer leaves must be rotated towards the center. This process repeats for about 30 days. Now, remember, the leaf sorting will occur before and after each fermentation. They are organized by size, type, temperature, progress, color, etc. The second fermentation involves piling the tobacco into burros approximately four to six feet tall. It will last about 60 days and reach a maximum temperature of about 108 degrees Fahrenheit. The same systematic unraveling and redistribution will occur over the course of this fermentation. 
The most dangerous thing over the course of this fermentation is overheating the leaf. So they don't want to overheat the leaf, even though it fits by a couple of degrees, because it can happen very quickly and damage the process. While the length of the fermentation will vary among the different types of tobaccos, heavier leaves like Ligero will take longer and will expel the most of the ammonia and impurities from good tobacco. Fermentation cannot make bad tobacco good, but it can ruin good tobacco. Furthermore, fermentation techniques are the key to successfully having and developing a great potential of any tobacco. When we talk fermentation, we have to talk about Maduro cigars. In its most limited sense, the term Maduro can simply refer to a blackish color of a wrapper. A leaf can end up darker if it comes from a late priming or stock cut plant. But a true maduro will have a wrapper that has undergone longer and a more intense, and by a more intense I mean higher temperature, fermentation. This enhanced fermentation releases the natural sugars in the leaf and yields a natural sweetness. In addition, the extra fermentation will round out the spices in the leaf and make it richer in flavor. Añejamiento. Añejamiento is also known as aging and is the very slow temperature and climate control process of organic decomposition. While it is not as nearly as intense as fermentation, el añejamiento is critical to the refinement of great tobaccos. Tobacco aging or añejamiento occurs in small batches after fermentation and it can last for years until the leaves are rolled into a cigar. While filler and binder leaves are usually wrapped in a sackcloth bundles, wrapper leaves receive extra care and can be wrapped in tercios. The aging of a cigar starts after the cigar is rolled and ends when the cigar is smoked. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cigar Basics. My name is Sergio Rosario and I am the host of Cigars Podcast. You can find us on social media by looking up Cigars Podcast. Again, thank you for being with us and growing with us to our journey of cigarros, tabacos, buenos humos. Thank you and hasta la próxima.